és Tiber a 16-oson belül, lövés, gól! Hello and welcome to the Hungarian International, the fourth episode of the Hungarian Football Podcast. On today's show, we're simply going to talk about Portugal versus Hungary on Saturday. And then also we've got a nice little piece from David Asboff, who's talking through Videoton's run to the UEFA Cup final in 1985. Hope you enjoy the show and here we go. Welcome to the show, Gergo Marosi. Welcome back to the show, I should say. Yeah, it's an honour. <laughs> And uh, it's a first guest appearance for Voshosh youth coach Samu Varga. Welcome to the show, Samu. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Um, we'll go with you, Samu, straight away. How are you feeling ahead of the Hungary-Portugal game? Confident? Uh, I Yes, I am. I'm confident. I think uh, things are looking good for the team. Uh, when we check the squad, it's uh, it's the same old story in a way that we have. we always... Uh, take a look at how many players do we have in Europe's bigger leagues, do they get enough playing time in their clubs, and I think in this aspect we are uh, doing okay now, with Gulacsi playing uh, week in, week out in Bundesliga, uh, Kadar is settling into his new club in a stronger league than where he played before, uh, Adam Longet is getting his minutes in Dijon, uh, Adam Salai has limited playing time, but he uses it very well in Hoffenheim. Uh, Adam Nod is a regular for Bologna, and uh, and we also have uh, Roland Salai, who has just scored uh, at the weekend in Palermo. So I think uh, things are looking good. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't really think I didn't really think about it like that. Like if you compare that, like all those players that you just mentioned, then to last summer. They were they weren't at as good of clubs as they are now. Are you confident as well, Gogo? Well, well, confident. Mm, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Uh, but uh, the thing is that these March qualifiers are usually kind of a critical ones for us because of the long winter break and because usually a lot of foreign players playing in playing abroad are are not not. Having any playing time, so it's much better now than usual. Like so, he's actually playing. Okay, not always, and not 90 minutes, but actually he's playing, and he wasn't basically in the autumn. And the show is getting more playing time. Most of most of the most of the guys playing abroad are in their teams, and they're, they're, that's like a better basis than usual. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I know. You kind of say that they're they're playing, but they, I guess a lot of the players, it's almost like the home base players, aren't in the best of form. Is that a worry? Uh, I think uh, Stork most of the time tries to pick the the informed players uh, from the home league. Like for example, earlier Istvan Bognar made the squad when he was scoring goals in Diosdjer uh, at the beginning of the season although he didn't get any playing time. Uh, and now I think uh, Apple is the, the main one who I think uh, still has a lot of uh, potential and uh, a lot of things to offer for the national team too. Despite not being so young, uh, I'm really happy that uh, we have him in the squad. Yes, it's kind of like a miracle how he performs since he's back in, uh, since he's in home with. I mean, Apple was was known for not scoring goals, despite being a striker. 
for years. And now, like, this last one and a half seasons, he scored more than ever. And he's a really great form, and he deserved it. I, I don't think he will play. I mean, he's obviously striker option number three. But the fact that he was able to oust Buda from the squad is quite good and quite encouraging for him. Yeah. Yes, I, I can only agree. And... Uh... Uh, although I don't know him too much uh, personally, I have been in contact with a lot of guys who have played with him in youth levels in uh, in uh, MTK, and everybody said uh, very very good things that he he has a lot of talent. And even three or four years ago, when things were not looking so good for for him, uh, everybody told me that he's he's really working hard and. Uh, probably has good things ahead of him. So I'm yeah, super happy. Yeah, he's told that he's kind of changed his ways. I mean, like, things like uh, eating and diet and taking training more more seriously than before and it shows on the field as well. Exactly. Yeah, I think also you mentioned about Burda. That's kind of a um, kind of a big thing that... Stork did there to kind of leave him out like this court hero this fraddy froddy hero and to leave him out the squad which is completely deserved because he's not deserved he's not deserved his place in the squad uh, his form's not great so to leave him out I thought I thought that was quite a big statement and to bring that Pelham when he's in form is, is, is good it's good for him uh, Stork obviously the name on everyone's lips the exciting player in the squad at the moment is Paolo Vinicius who Gogo told me today is the will be the first Hungarian well first player to play for Hungary can't actually speak Hungarian and the second person of colour behind Thomas Swarmney to ever play for Hungary um, do you think he'll play Gogo? Maybe yes I think a lot, of dep- a lot, a lot depends whether Mihai Korhut is uh, fully fit and healthy and ready to play if Korhut is ready I think Long and Kadar will be in the centre of defence if Korhut who had a quite long injury layoff is not 100% ready, maybe Kadar will play a lot back. And then I think it's time to Vinicius to start. Uh, judging on quality, I think he, he might be actually the best central defender in the squad. But it's the first time training with the squad. It's the first time getting acquainted with Stork. So it's not that easy. I, I think it, it could be quite risky if, if he'd be in the starting lineup. Uh, yeah, I think back to that time where Guzmic, I think it was his first ever competitive start and he started away in Romania and made that mistake after about five minutes and then you think, oh my God, his confidence must be absolutely shot. Um, that was t- typical Legavari to do something out- so outlandish. Um, do you like him, Sami? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, although I don't like the fact that he... He doesn't speak, not Hungarian, uh, it's not about uh, Hungarian language or any language. In football, it's about communication uh, on the field. Uh, It's important in every position, uh, especially in defense. But uh, language is only a tool of communication. And sometimes uh, players can just uh, understand each other on the pitch without being fluent in a common language or in a language they speak together. So I think uh, if communication works, then it's not a big problem that he's not uh, fluent in Hungarian. Uh, yeah. I guess um, also because 
like Gergo said a minute ago, he might be playing with Long, who he used to play for at Videoton. That might actually help. Yeah, they, they play for half a year yeah. in central defense Videoton. Uh, what is interesting that the central defense will have a pairing uh, that is that will be brand new because Guzmich played the, the most of all the central defenders used by Stork, well, 14 times out of 18. So, and Guzmich is unavailable. Then came Juhas, who is obviously retired now from the international team, and then we, we will have a centre-back pairing who never played together in the starting lineup in, for the national team, that's for sure. Whether it will be Long and Kadar or Long and Vinicius, Maybe Kadar and Vinicius, I don't know. Well, it, it, it's a good question. I, I, I think it will belong at Kadar because at least they know each other well and they play together in the same back four, but not in central defense both. Yeah, and, and obviously because Vinicius has never played, well, he played in Uruguay before he came to Hungary and then he's only been playing against Hungarian opposition Hungarian quality opposition so he's not even had the experience of playing against anyone who's better and he's going to have to come up against Ronaldo if he gets stuck in so it's going to be tough um how do you feel the campaign's gone so far we have for you first Samu yeah uh of course uh I was a bit disappointed in uh how we uh in how we played our first few games uh the first one was the biggest disappointment against uh, Faroe Islands because uh, because at that game we we seemed a bit uh, a bit lost in uh, in a sense that we couldn't uh, really create. We had the ball, we were playing with the ball at the back, but we lacked connections in midfield and couldn't really progress from there. And uh, we seem to miss Zoltan Guerra a lot at that game. Uh, the Switzerland game was, I think, um, much more encouraging. I saw that game live and we definitely should have uh, got at least a point there, which would make our life uh, uh, quite easy compared to, to this uh, scenario, what we have now. Uh, so I think we could have done better, but uh, we still uh, have... Uh, enough games to to improve. Well, I guess we, we put ourselves in the corner with losing two points against the Paris and then losing the home game against Switzerland. So basically, looking at the table, it's like win or bust. In Portugal, against a team that we never ever, not even the, not even in the fifties, were able to beat. So it's, it's quite tough. And, but but I also think that maybe Hung the Hungarian squad is is definitely good enough for the third spot in this group. But you know Switzerland and Portugal are much more advanced. So realistically, I think it will be number three for us. I would be very happy if we could, if we gave Portugal a good run for their money because like away games to Portugal in the last. Uh, in the last, uh, I don't know, almost 20 years, we played them away twice, and both were the absolutely most disheartening, awful affairs. Like losing 3-0 with like 25% possession, no shots and goal, and absolutely awful play. So I think if, if, if we can play a close game with Portugal, I would be satisfied with that. 
Do you think that um, Stork's done the right things in the um, in the campaign so far, Gerga? Has he made the right tactical decisions and stuff? I, I don't think he has uh, he has that many options. And the the players playing at high international level is very is very limited. So it's not like there is an abundance of players who can come in come in at a time and save the team. I think the the Faria game was it, it's it's a shame that we lose, that we lost points there, and I think that might have had something to do with not maybe maybe not the players best in form played. I mean, some of, some of the players were not even in in the league season like the ones in the Arabic world. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe maybe that game. Otherwise, I don't think that Stork has so many options. He's doing he's doing what he does with a limited uh, limited squad. Not that many to choose from. There's not like huge up and coming stars that he can choose from. The under twenty one team as well. So 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 to say. So I, I don't think I. I think that that one game against Faroe Islands that uh, that was problematic. The rest, I think, was alright. Yes, yeah, Sami. Yeah, I also would like to add something because I'm not sure I agree with everything what Gargo said. I think uh, he has hasn't got a lot of uh, personal options. Like he doesn't have a really big pool of quality players to choose from. Yeah, that's clear. On the other hand, the style of play, Hungary plays, or or uh, the tactical things, you have a lot of options uh, how you would like to play. Uh, and in this regard, I think uh, what I liked is that he had a good defensive foundation laid by uh, Pa Dardai, and uh, he tries to make the team play more with the ball. Uh, than the team he inherited, and uh, we've generally become more calm on the ball with him, uh, and we're always trying to to build up from the black back, uh, even if we're getting pressed. So uh, for me, that's a really big improvement. Uh, what we uh, a lot of times uh, struggle with is that to to build on this and progressing uh, the ball further. I think in this aspect we could still do a bit better, especially when I think of the Faroe Island game. Uh, but there were games before uh, when the connections of, of uh, especially in midfield, was not really, really good. So I would, uh, I would say this about him as a national team coach. On the other hand, I think... Uh, his role as a sports director uh, in the Hungarian Football Federation might be even more important, but we can't really judge him on that because we we don't have to. We would need more insight on what he's doing there. But on long term for Hungarian football, for the future of Hungarian football, that's probably uh, an even uh, more important role. Gerga, do you feel like? perception of Stork is, is a good one in general like by the fans the fans love him do they think like he's the messiah or, or is there a bit of skepticism about him well maybe not the messiah but I think <laughs> the, the perception is 
generally positive, and he was quite up against it. I mean, like, if you think about it, you are you are succeeding Padardai, who is like an icon as a player. Then came in and basically saved the national team. He was almost and a player. And he's like, yes, <laughs> yes. If, if, if anyone would be the Messiah, that would be Dardai. And then Stoll came in and like, he doesn't, he didn't have that huge track record, you know. He's uh, not as easily likable as Dardai, of course. He's not Hungarian as well. And so, so he was quite a in the first games. I think that changed a lot with the matches against Norway. That, that, that created a huge shift. And after after the European Championship, of course he has, of course he has huge support. Uh, the good question will be: I think he will be absolutely safe for the World Cup qualification. The good question is that uh, whether he will be safe for the European qualification for 2020, because because there officially we have to qualify. That's the word from above. We, 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 need, we need to qualify, and that, that brings a lot of pressure, and it will be very interesting how he copes with that, and it will be also interesting, I think if, if he lose this game against Portugal, it's over for us, basically, so it's third place probably in the group, and he can, he can build for the next qualifying series, and that will be a very interesting thing to me, if, if that comes to that, that how is he building his team? And uh, maybe bringing new players in. That 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 can be good foundation for the next Euros. I think Hungary in general has much more chance to successfully qualify for European Championships than the World Cup because it's like 13 European teams going to the World Cup. That's that's not us. That's maybe not our not our level. The European Championship that's our that's our level. Yeah. And- and it's nice that we're going to have those, with all respect to the three teams who are at the bottom of the table, we're going to have Latvia, Faroes and Andorra to play these young players in, which is obviously a competitive environment because of competitive games, but against lesser opposition, which is nice for it's nice breeding um, training ground for these sort of young, youngsters to come through. Um, this is a question from Twitter. It's about the Portugal game. Uh, David Dolak, who says... What is Hungary's best tactic to try and steal a win or a draw? And he says, defend like hell. Is that is that the way to go, Samu? Uh, no, I don't think so. And from from based on what we have seen from uh, from the Stork team, I don't think we will approach this game uh, like this. I think we are going to try to play uh, our own game. Uh, try to 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 uh, keep some possession and play p- play a, a patient game. I would say we are going to be patient. We are going to know, or at least I think we should know, that a draw here is still a very good result. Uh, but I don't think uh, we will try to to park the bus or anything like that. I no no. From what we've seen from Stark, it's it's definitely not not parking the bus, especially that we need at least a point, but it's much better to take three. And I don't think the the squad is trained to that, to just go and defend like how. Uh, Iceland could do it at the European Championships. They're super disciplined. 
and very tough and very hard to break down. And but, but I think we will be much open, and it will be a much open game as well. We will try to play, even away. And as far as I, I remember, most of the times we've played away in Portugal, we tried to shut up uh, shut up shop, and it didn't work. So maybe we can try a different approach as well. Gogo, how much do you think we'll miss Kleinheis- uh, Miss Kleinheisler? Mm, Where? I mean, uh, there are not many players who who have both the spark and the daring. With Kleinheisler, uh, I always feel that uh, he's so daring. It doesn't matter to him if he plays in the Hungarian third division, if he plays in the Hungarian first division, if he plays in, I don't know, in the Champions League final, he will try the same things. He will try it everywhere, against every opposition. And that, that thing, I think, we will miss, and his creativity, and, uh, and his firepower as well. What we won't miss is that basically he can be so not disciplined sometimes. I mean, if you are thinking about the two yellow cards he got, it was played stupid, and now he cannot play because of that. So I think Stork is looking for someone who can provide the same, same spark for the attack. And also maybe create chances because I think that's that's one of the weakest areas of the squad, creating actual chances, clear cut chances. I don't know who can come in. So maybe it will be Kalmar, maybe it will be Shalai, maybe it will be Holman, or maybe totally other 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 solution. But uh, it, it's a good test. It's a good test because it was an open question earlier as well that if Klein Heschler cannot play who can play in the place of God I hope it's not Holman um, who do you think will uh, start versus Portugal uh, Samu what would your starting 11 well not actually what your starting 11 who do you think will be your starting 11 and then who would you want to play is your second question I think the previous question is partly covering this because the the main thing one of the main big decisions for Stork is that uh how are we going to do uh, without uh, Klein Heisler? Because I think I think that uh, in our uh, dynamics up front, uh, he's very important because we need the dynamic player uh, near Salai. Uh, the last game I remember when when it caused us big problems was the the game against Belgium when uh, Klein Heisler uh, got injured in. Not so long before uh, before kickoff, and and Pinter played just behind Sully. That's not working. So we were really really slow up front. Uh, so I think uh, it's key that we we choose someone who who has this dynamism up front. Uh, I hope to see uh, Roland Sully. That's I I would go with him for this game. What would your what about your back four? What would that be? Mm, I agree with Gerge on what he said about uh, Kadar. Uh, I think uh, that we we could uh, use his skill set at left side, his central defense, because he's a very good passer with his left foot and uh, and he sees forward passes all the time. So I think uh, I always think when I see Kadar play that maybe he. He should be our left-sided centre-back. 
and if it depends if Corhut is fit enough. Uh, if he is, then I would start with Corhut on the on left back position, Kadar left sided centre back. Uh, I would go with uh, Long at right sided centre back, and uh, I think the right back position is a question mark between Besha and Fiola. I have a feeling that uh, Besha is going to uh, take the nod this time. Um, what about you, Gogo? Well, I'm I'm having the same back four. I don't know whether it will be Bashar or Fiola in the right back, but that's like a chronic problem with the position for us. Yeah, especially Fiola is playing centre back as well. Probably for decades. And Bo and and it comes to both uh, full back positions. And Long and Card are in the middle, Corhut in the left, Gero and Nadiada. That that's a given in midfield. I think Dujak is obviously given. I think Yucho is a given as well as Salai. And the main question is who will be the central attacking midfielder. I I, I would vote for Salai. I think also because things like scoring in the Serie A, scoring your first goal in the Italian first league, that's uh, that's a huge huge boost. That's uh, that might do wonders. And and. I think he's very he he can be he can be very good he's very creative he he can do unexpected things he can take take on one on ones with the different defenders very well I I, I think he will be behind Solai. Yeah, I think he, obviously that that goal against um, Udinese at the weekend is going to give him a massive confidence boost. He's quite industrious as well, like he run about a lot. I know that kind of sounds very English to say, but it, it, it's a something that's needed against a better opposition like Portugal and also he's got so much confidence like he, he, he doesn't he's not scared to take on a man he's maybe not quite as confident as Kleinheisler is but he's not yeah not confident he's he can take on a man he'll have a shot from a long range he's decent with both feet I think I think he's probably the better option ahead of Colmar I think Colmar's a bit a bit flaky and he sometimes he can just play and just give you absolutely nothing um, Colmar's decent as well but, um, what about left back obviously you said Korhu or Kadar is there no chance Hongi is going to play I don't mm. think so no mm, I also don't think but uh, knowing Stork nothing is impossible <laughs> like, he used Kleinheisler in a crucial game out of nothing against uh, Norway uh, so, so I also thought Maybe we might see Hanja too, but I would say no, if I had to put my money on this. Yeah, I think it's a bit early for him, like we were saying earlier. Like with defenders, it's a bit harder to try out players. Not a good option. Uh, but, but for the future, it looks very good to him. I mean, there are so few like classic fullbacks in Hungary, both left and right. So he has a lot of time and he's playing regularly. He's going there. He's going there. I think he can he can hold a place for a long time in the national team. Yes, I agree. And I think that just by traveling with the squad, uh, it's always a good experience for a young player like him. So that's also a, a, a part where I really like what Stork does, that he always makes sure that... Uh, these one, two, or maybe three young players, uh, maybe he knows in advance, I mean, Stork knows in advance that he won't use these players in that game, but still, they are in the squad, they are getting experience, they are around our top players, so 
I think it's definitely a big uh, boost for him just traveling. Yeah, I think Mate Vida and uh, Jean Berberic and obviously Adoyan this time have all got that kind of experience with the national team young players. Um, this is a question from Twitter. This is a bit of a fun question. Um, if you had every available player, Hungarian player, who would you pick? What What would your starting eleven be? And that includes Jabot Chusti as well. I don't know if you'd include him or not. Uh, Samu, we'll go for you first. Yeah, when you began the question, I already knew that it will be about uh, Sabot Chusti in or not. <laughs> <laughs> and and he, he would be on my team, yes. Of course, only if he is, uh, he's 100% uh, dedicated to the national team. But of course, I would. if I was national team manager, I would call him immediately. <laughs> What about your team in general, year 11? What would it be? Mm, I think I would uh, use him as a left winger, probably. And then Jujak on the right? Yeah. Although I prefer Jujak on the left too. But, yeah. uh, I was about to say the same, yeah. It's like having, having too many good left wingers, no? Yeah. I mean, back at the time when Husi was still in the national team, it was always a question that, like, one of the wingers have to be an inverted winger. And obviously now Dujak is it, and Husi is not playing for the national team anymore. But obviously Husi would be in my team. I mean, based on quality, he has he has a great career and he is a really good player. What is interesting that I'm thinking about names, and I cannot really come up with so many more than their stork is stork is actually using. So I, I think that that also shows how limited the pool of talents are uh, talent is, because there are not so many players you can think about and oh he should he should be in the national team or even the public is not asking for someone to be included usually. What about uh, Nikolic? Yeah, well, Nikolic obviously, but I think he will be he, he will come back. But what what Stork said about him that it's it's no use. I mean, uh, it's obviously you saw him getting into the starting lineup, so Nikolic will be benched. I think he's an impact player for Stork, so he's only coming in if if the playbook is not running correctly, mm-hmm. and. And there is a good chance that he would he wouldn't have any playing time and like traveling from Chicago to Lisbon and then back not to have any playing time that would not do any good for Nikolic and not do, would do any any good for the squad. Uh, of course, Nikolic on merit or and should be included. I think one of my great favorites is Josef Konto, but he's obviously <laughs> not in his absolute prime anymore. But he's like a player who could uh, could exactly uh, create that kind of spark that the national team is uh, is usually lacking. But he has had a terrible time with lot of serious knee injuries, and obviously slowed him down. And his not as dynamic, and of course he won't be. I, I think he won't be included in the national team anymore. It's interesting that the, with the quality player like Kanto could only get, I don't know, maybe one national team game, yeah. or maybe two. That's very few. That's very few, given that he's basically the best, or one of the best, home-based 
attacking midfielders of the last 10, 15 years. I mean, if you could bring a player on for set pieces alone, then you bring Conte on for free kicks and corners. Yes, 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 that's a good idea. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, if it was like NFL, then he'd be in the team, he'd be in the squad all the time. Hello, Magyar football fans! David Asboth here to take you on another Hungarian football journey. We've seen the first great Hungarian national team, and the most recent great one too, but this time I want to dive into some club football, as Hungary has enjoyed plenty of club-level successes over the years. At the time of recording this, Videlton are sitting at the top of the Hungarian league, so it feels fitting to focus on them. Followers of Hungarian football might remember Videlton's recent foray into Europe. Under the guidance of Paolo Sosa, they reached the group stage in the Europa League in the 2012-13 season, finishing third but not before recording home wins over Basel and Sporting Lisbon, the latter a 3-0 victory. However, their greatest ever cup run was the UEFA Cup in the 1984-85 season. Videlton were title challengers in the league but only finished third, 10 points behind eventual winners Homved. In the UEFA Cup, however, they made it all the way to the final, and it's that journey I want to tell you about today. At the time, the UEFA Cup was a knockout competition with no group stage. Videlton's first hurdle was Czech team Dukla Praha, who they only beat 1-0 on aggregate. In the second round, Videlton were drawn against tougher opposition, Paris Saint-Germain, but won both ties and progressed 5-2 on aggregate. 
Meanwhile, the other finalists, Real Madrid, needed a 3-0 win in their second leg fixture to progress against Croatian club Rijeka having lost the first leg 3-1 away from home. The third round, Solvidotum faced Partizan Belgrade, and a resounding 5-0 home win meant they could afford to lose 2-0 in Serbia and still progress comfortably on aggregate. In the quarterfinal, Real Madrid snuck through with a 1-0 aggregate win over Tottenham Hotspur, and Vidotum were drawn against Manchester United, who previously knocked out the other Hungarian club team involved in the competition, Raba Eto, in the first round. Vidotum lost the first leg 1-0 at Old Trafford, but a 1-0 home win in the second leg meant extra time and eventually penalties. The Manchester United team boasted names such as Brian Robson, Mark Hughes and Gordon Strachan, but even they couldn't prevent a 5-4 defeat on penalties. Vidotom were through to the semi-final. In the semi-final, Vidotom faced another surprise semi-finalist, Serbian team Zeljeznitar. Two tight affairs saw Vidi win 3-1 at home and lose 2-1 away, paving their route to the final. The other semi-final was played between Real Madrid and Inter. And for the second time in the competition, Real Madrid needed a 3-0 second leg win to overcome the deficit picked up in the first leg. In the first leg, Inter won 2-0 in a game that was briefly interrupted in the fifth minute as a hen was let loose on the pitch. The Inter team contained greats such as Giuseppe Baresi, Walter Zenga and Karl Heitz Rummenigge, but Real Madrid ultimately prevailed on aggregate. In the first leg of the final, Vidautum were drawn at home. Their entire starting lineup consisted of Hungarians, as foreign players were very rare in Hungary before the fall of communism around 1990. Real Madrid's lineup included Jose Antonio Camacho, who has since coached the club and the Spanish national team. Incidentally, he was appointed manager of the Gabon national team in 2016. Other names in that Real Madrid team were Emilio Butragueño and Argentine striker Jorge Valdano, who later won La Liga with the club as manager and was also their sporting director afterwards. The Videoton team included the Distel brothers, Peter and Laszlo, goalkeeper and defender respectively. Between them they have over 60 caps for Hungary. Laszlo also coached the club in later years and is currently manager of Siófok in the second division where his brother Peter is the goalkeeping coach. Another name from that team that might be familiar to fans is Gyurzu Burcha, who also managed the club in the 90s and was sporting director for a brief spell in 2014. The first leg of the final ended in a 3-0 home defeat with the Hungarian team's chances of cup glory all but gone before the second leg. However, they bowed out with a great result, beating Real Madrid 1-0 in the away leg in front of 98,000 fans at the Bernabeu. So although it didn't end in final victory, Vidotin's UEFA Cup run is one of Hungary's finest club achievements of recent decades. And what sets it apart from other great club results, such as Zolegersek's famous win over Manchester United in 2002, is that it wasn't just a single result. It was an entire successful campaign with plenty of games to be proud of, and one where Hungarian football fans could spend a whole club season believing that one of their clubs has, what, has got what it takes to go all the way in Europe. Next time we'll continue to look at some Hungarian club successes and go even further back in time, but for now, thanks for joining me. Samu, how do you see the rest of the group panning out? Do you think, do you think qualification is actually realistic? Uh, I think at first we have to not lose this game. 
because if we do, then then I think uh, we are done. So I think we should get a point at least uh, in Lisbon, and then then let's see. We we have to win all games uh, against lesser oppositions, and then try to to nick a win against Switzerland or Portugal. Uh, I don't think uh, we will make it, but uh, but the hope is still on. So let's get a point in Lisbon. Yeah, uh, one of the main problems is that the Hungarian national team is notoriously bad at away big games. I mean, if you if we are not calculating with the win against Norway, usually I, I don't know. I think we we have to go back to 1984 when the Hungarian national team recorded a big away win when it, when it mattered. Because they did under Erwin Kuhlmann when they beat Denmark 1-0. But then the Danish were already out, uh, they, they were already qualified for the World Cup. So they were celebrating that they didn't give a shit about the match, so to say. Uh, so it's 1984 and Hungary beating the Netherlands away. And since then, nothing. I mean, in, in, in big games, when it mattered, Some draws against good opposition, but but like I think 80 or maybe 90 percent of the time only losses, and that's yeah, the problem. When you when you when you have Portugal and Switzerland coming up, um, I'm I'm not sure I agree on this because because yeah there is a tendency, but uh, this team has and this game I don't think has too much to do with with uh, with games. Five years before, let alone 20 years before. So, so I think uh, if we see the past one, two, or three years, then I think uh, we have a, a good chance of, of earning a point against uh, even stronger oppositions. So I'm I'm uh, hopeful. Earning a point, yeah. What winning in Portugal? I. I honestly cannot see that. I, I'd be absolutely overjoyed if we did that. But but even one point would be huge for this team, I think. I guess that's the thing what Stork and Dardai have kind of brought to the, the, the table, as it were, is that they've stopped this negative negative past or tried to get away from this negative past, which 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 has helped in the past few games. But obviously, like you say... They absolutely believe that uh, that it can be done. Mm, and I yeah. think it, it, it was not it, it was not a given for maybe like 15 years. Like there were so many instances of the Hungarian national team going out in an away match and basically just raised their hands and rolled over. And I, I I cannot imagine that. I cannot imagine that they 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 have much more confidence. They saw with the European Championship qualification that it can be done. It can be done, and of course they will remember the, uh, the champion, European Championship game against Portugal, when they could do three-three with not not even the first lineup because Stork was rotating. Yeah. So that 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 will be in the memory of everyone, I think, fans and players alike. And the Portugal players too, so they're not going to be complacent either, which is a bit of a problem. Um, what about the go go? The what about the scoreline then? We uh. Do you think they're actually going to do it? Do you think they get a draw or something? Three uh, one and two from Cristiano Ronaldo and Jujak will get one. I don't know who the 
third. The third video will be constantly getting a counter in the 93rd minute going forward. Oh, man, it's act. That's all right, though. At least we're still in the game in the 90th minute. I'll take that, yes. I reckon. I would, I'd subscribe for, for that. I'd subscribe for that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. What about you, Samu? Uh, I think uh, we're going to have a reasonably good uh, possession during the game. And by this, we're going to earn a 1-1 draw, which I would uh, really love. So that's my prediction. I'm absolutely signing up for that. <laughs> great stuff, great stuff. Uh, thanks a lot for coming on the show, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Great stuff. Thank you very much. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening. Next show is going to be on Monday when we're going to talk about Portugal versus Hungary, how it went. Hora Magarok. Hopefully we can do something out there in Lisbon. Come on, you magyos!